Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, Beth Stedman. I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who love to read. Readers who love to write. And anyone who loves words. Today we are talking about my favorite craft book. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) We are talking about Conflict and Suspense by James Scott Bell, which like I said is my favorite craft book. I read this book at the end of 2021 and I started it again at the beginning of 2022 because I just think there's so much packed in there. Um, Yes. There's a lot in there, but it doesn't read dense. It is super readable. It's super um, applicable and practical, not like theoretical of like, yeah, here's these complex things you should know about story or plot. It's like very on the ground. Like this is ways to brainstorm ideas, ways to increase conflict in your story, ways to make it so that a scene or, you know, like a particular conversation or anything like that has a little more suspense in it. Yeah. It just, it felt very practical and hands-on. And I so appreciated that, especially since some of the other craft books I have read or looked at, like just can get a little heady and theoretical, I think. Absolutely. It's funny that you say that because I feel exactly the same way. I, I feel like his examples are very approachable, understandable. There's some craft books that I've read and they include examples, but you don't really get, get why see, like, yeah, <laughs> you're like, I'm not really getting get. his. Well, and he gives a lot of examples. Yeah, like he really absolutely. pulls from a lot of different books and a lot of different things. And it's like, here's exactly what this looks like. And it's really across the board. You have yeah. literary, you have classics, mm-hmm. you have thrillers, you have, mm-hmm. I mean, he covers so much ground in there. He has movies. There's so many, there's something for everyone. I think there's something that you're reading through and you're like, Oh, I I get that. Like I, I see how that is being described. And I loved his sectioning of things. I think that he does like the consumable information with headings, with like, I appreciate that because I get overwhelmed. Like I can look at something and be like, that is just, it feels like a lot of information. Yes. This one felt like I read through it and I could have taken more time, but I didn't want to because I'm, yeah. like, uh, I'm like, I want to read what he writes next. I think having someone write a craft book who's not only knowledgeable, but can write in such a way that other people can kind of open up doors within yes. their mind. And that's what I, I felt like there were so many things that, Yes. There was moments that you're like, oh, I get that. Like, yes. That makes sense. Like, well, I, like I, this. I felt like I was reading it and constantly getting ideas too. It was like, yeah. oh, I can totally apply this to my book right now right. in this way. And like, I kept like reading it and then running over to the computer to like right. make a note or to jot something down or to write a scene. So I was like, oh yeah, I get this. Yeah. So practical. Absolutely. And as you said, like the exercises that he used, um, there were so many that it wasn't just an exercise that was, you know, like a prompt or something. You yes. totally got why, and you could see how the thing that you're working on right now, it's applicable, it's useful. His brainstorming, basically the questions he would ask and include, yes. it would help, I think, develop the ability to ask similar questions of your work. Like even if it wasn't directly relatable, you could get the feeling behind it, which is really the point so that whatever you're writing, you can take this and be like, 
Oh yeah, I can make it more suspenseful. I can play around yes. stretching things out or shortening them up. Mm-hmm. Like it was very clear and clean, yes. but just so chock full of things yeah. that I think whatever it is you're writing, yes, you could use something yes. like, totally. in every any genre, any like, like, it applies to everything. Yes. Yes. And it's one that I want to reread, reread too. So I find that really funny. (laughs) I feel like it's also one I just reference all the time. Like all the time I will be like, oh, this is like this from (laughs) conflict and suspense, or this is like this, or, or, oh, this would really help your story. If this section of, you know, like, I just feel like there's so much in it that was so fascinating. Like, and so much even that expanded beyond, like, obviously it's a book about conflict and suspense. Like, yeah. That's the title. And he really is covering that. Um, but there were other, like little nuggets in it that, I mean, he talked about like how to, to hook your reader with a character by saying that, I don't remember exactly how he said it, but basically he said that hope and desire are what hook a reader with a character. Like yes. you need to show the reader what the character hopes for and what they desire. And that was like such a clean little like nugget and it has nothing really to do with conflict and suspense necessarily I mean it, it does kind of but you know like there's just little things like that that felt like oh yeah okay that makes sense and I can come back to that or I like his section on grammar I think that that was really useful and very similarly useful that he very clearly and cleanly he actually even references you know strunk and white and he does so in a way that I think is so much more approachable than that book. I really enjoyed that element of the book as well. Uh, The elements of style. Yes. I loved his section on dialogue. And like Hmm. that, I think was the other thing I was referencing recently was I was reading something. They had dialogue sections that were just like one character asking a question and the other character answering it. (laughs) And it got, it gets old really fast. And so he talks about like, you have to include some tension in in dialogue and in every bit of dialogue. And I thought that was just fascinating. Like just thinking about like, okay, why might a character hold back here? Or why might they not want to answer this question? Or what could interrupt them even externally, like, um, or keep this from happening? And like thinking of both those internal and external ways to kind of just break stuff up or make it a little bit harder for the, for the character to get the information they want or the reader to get the information they want so that you can heighten that that suspense and like drag it out a little bit and this section on like lengthening things was blew my mind because I thought like I think conflict and suspense I think action I think like cliffy pace (laughs) Um, I don't think slowing things down and the way he described like extending your scene I mean at one point he talks about an example of a book with a, a bullet going off and what is it? Like it's multiple pages that the reader extends yep. the time from just the bullet going off before it hits someone. And just that example of how that extension actually heightens the tension instead of yes. lessening it. Like I think often those kinds of descriptions, I think, oh, that's going to kill the tension. It's going to slow things down. And it was fascinating to see an example of that not slowing things down and actually doing the opposite and speeding things up. Yeah. It was just really fascinating well, to me. And, and also like, creating that ratcheting up that emotion is associated with yes. it. like i think it it works because it's all interesting the yes. the reader is trying to figure out what's going to happen at the end of that moment yeah. and everything that keeps them held there keeps that growing more and more and more so you feel that yeah. even yeah it's the not quickly diffusing or throwing away your all of that tension and suspense and yeah. I think looking at it in that way that 
it is kind of, you know, diffusing it. If you just get there quickly, again, it's that moment of surprise, but it's not that Like, what's happening? I love how, as he talks about that and the kind of drawing things out, even like putting little things in their way as yes. part of that. Yes, exactly. That, like he was talking about a yeah, lock. Make the door like, locked. Make yeah. Them, <laughs> don't yes. make it easy for them. Yes. And I think realizing that we have full control over this entire situation and yes. we can make the choice that makes this extra hard. Like they might yes. like get their goal at the end of that scene, but they're gonna have to work for it and they're gonna have to pay for it. Yes. And yes. even he has this great story about <laughs> a date with his the person yes. who is now his wife yes. um, that, like there was a piece of pie that she was wanting to have a bite of and he's like this is my pie yeah. and how like it seems so insignificant but even that can be a small just micro obstacle yeah. to micro someone getting with it. Yeah. yeah. I love to like what you were saying about emotion just made me think of like, he talks about kind of the essence of the story being like making the reader feel something like you have to yes. make them feel something. Absolutely. And, um, and it being like a great, he references Hitchcock's like a great story is life with all the dull parts taken out. Like you can't yeah. have anything dull in there. I yeah. think it's Donald Moss who talks about in his book too. Like you have to have conflict on mm-hmm. every single page. Like every single page has to be trouble. There has to be something happening. Like you just can't let anything get dull. And I, I think yeah. that this craft book is so helpful of this is how you do that. Like he just walks you through like, this is what that looks like. Yes. And this is what the, so he, he focuses on the external, but this is what the internal mm-hmm. conflict looks like. The yes. internal suspense. I think sometimes when we write something, we write the way we think. Mm-hmm. And often that doesn't read in the same way. Um, sure. He does a great job of showing like, how do we make that internal back and forth read so that we understand the conflict of emotion there. And so that it doesn't feel like we don't understand the character that we get, that it's in this moment that this character is feeling these things. I love how he describes the internal world and brings in great examples that show that internal stuff being internal, but also seeping out into the external. How it affects the external, totally. Yes. And how really having both of those things to bolster each other help give that clarity. And I think clarity is one of the things that he talked about as well, that having that clarity of understanding of what, you know, not only what's at stake, but having that, if they don't make it through, like, what does that look like? What does that feel like? And what are we trying to avoid? Like, what are we apprehensive about happening? Yeah, the way he talks about stakes and that, like, and and that stakes are kind of what's going to happen if the character doesn't get what they want, if they don't get what they desire, if they don't get what they're trying to get, what happens then? And how bad is that? And and the way he talks about it as being always death was fascinating. Like, that blew my mind. Like, the character has to feel like they will die if this doesn't happen, even if it's something trivial. Like, and he talks about how comedy plays into that and will, like, comedy kind of heightens the character feeling like it will die. They will die. They don't get this thing, even if it's not really true or it doesn't really apply. Like they don't have to actually die, but that idea of it feeling psychologically like they're going to die was just fascinating. 
Well, and he brings in Seinfeld, which I think is fantastic. Like, yes. just <laughs> talking about, like, much. yes, like, he's getting this soup worth sacrificing a relationship. Yeah. Like, in the normal world, no. no, like, who does that? But I love that he's talking about, it's not really about the normal world. This is, yeah. this is a fictional world. So yes. you make it feel like it's that way. Like, yes. you may present it in such a way that those are the things that are going on in the world of the character. Yes. And we believe it because it's grounded in emotion. Yes. <laughs> Even and if in it's this character. And, yeah. Well, and that's what makes it funny too. Like if you chose the, the woman, it wouldn't be funny, right? Like, yeah. Absolutely. But I, I think even like drawing out those examples where we may not even really have that introspection of knowing it even when we watch it we're like we're we don't really connect with what it is we're seeing being able to like draw that out so that we do we do understand okay this is how they built that this is how they made Mm -hmm. us feel that way Mm -hmm. I think that's useful especially you know comedy rom-coms where is the suspense in there and how do you find the conflict and the suspense without it being cliched or overdone like how do you find that balance of keeping things interesting but also keeping things moving in a certain way while also creating anticipation apprehension back and forth in the reader being like I'm not sure if this is going to pay off the way I hope it yeah because if you don't, then they're not going to want to turn pages, right? It's going to be like, oh, okay, I don't care about that. Right. Yeah. Or you're like, oh, this is going to play out like everything else I've ever seen. Yeah. And, and I think looking at the subversion type of side, the yeah. making lists of 20 different things and figuring out what is interesting yeah. but also fits. Like, yeah. He does a great job of balancing that. But you can't just choose the interesting thing. <laughs> you have to make it work. <laughs> like it has to fit within it. Yes. He, it's another Seinfeld thing that, where he talks about, you know, the reservation uh, with a car that, you know, you can take the reservation, but you can't hold the reservation. And arguably holding the reservation is the, the most important part. Yeah. And I think that's true. Like you can create whatever you want. You can just throw it in there. It doesn't mean it reads. Like yeah. getting through and really figuring out what fits the strings of this story. What feels like it reads truthful. What feels like it just just <laughs> was brought in to make it make you know happily right. and rather than it feels grounded in the world. For sure. I feel like I can't say enough good things about this book. It's just, it's like, yeah. I love also how much he looks at it from the lens of direction and a movie kind of, Mm. like he talks about it, about coming in close and moving back and kind of speeding up and slowing down and all these kinds of, yeah. And I think that there's a lot that we can learn from looking at what directors do mm-hmm. um you know if we cut out the soundtrack portion what do they do visually yeah. that tell this story that could be something that we've taken to how we as writers create a story because yeah. there's a lot of things that do translate like that you can say okay that how they did that how they showed that that translates directly and i think yeah if we look at film 
how the visual, how the even performance shows the story. We can actually learn a lot. So that was something I'd not seen another craft writer really talk about film. I yeah. obviously love films. So yeah. it, it was something that I, I liked because it touched on and kind of dove in a little further in what I kind of had already felt about how I view story and yeah. the possibilities of it. Um, he used a lot of Hitchcock and yes, obviously Hitchcock is very good at the suspense Building that suspense, side. absolutely. Yeah. Even if you take away the soundtracks of his films, he just has a great way of drawing out a story. In yeah. fact, there's a movie called The Rope where literally it takes place in one apartment and it's like he keeps you asking the same question well, these people get away with this crime that they committed for the entirety of the film. Like that <laughs> is it. It's in one one apartment. They don't move. There's a there's That's a lot funny. of characters that come in, and I just think that looking at what's come before can really help us figure out why some of that works and how we can take yeah. it and update it. Which I, I think a lot of what he did, he did yeah. like, this is what, how this worked. And this is why this totally, you know, scene is really good and like yeah. draws you in. And, and not really like, yeah. I mean, that goes back to the book being just full of examples. Like it Absolutely. is just packed full and any feel, and it does feel like he kind of dissects those examples really well. And like, here's why this worked or here's what was going on here. Or why the author did this. And yeah. And it's nuanced, I think, yes. is an, another really good thing. Um, like, I, I was just looking through, and the show versus tell section is, yes. he doesn't do a lot of prescriptive, this yes. is a rule to follow. It's very much, these are the things that may work here, these are the yes. things that might work here. And, and there's even some things that he doesn't go so far as saying don't do, but he's yeah. like, Really, this might is want to why you want to be careful. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> totally, but I thought that was, actually, it. was great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I think what was interesting to me about this book too is that, like, while he does cover some things that are common, you know, like like Showverse Tell is a common thing that lots of people talk about in in their craft books, yeah. or like he covers some of like the basics of a three act structure, and like that's another thing that's kind of common. Like, but he yeah. also had so much in here that I feel like I have not heard from anyone else. Like, there was so much in here that I was like this is totally brand new to me or like oh, the like parent adult child thing yeah. uh, conversation dynamic like that was just like yeah. I have never heard anyone talk about this but it makes so much me sense either. and it like blew my mind of like okay how can I think about this as I'm writing dialogue or as I'm writing you know characters being together and their interactions together and those relationships like they, it just felt like there were a lot of things like that that I was like I hadn't like the slowing down like I mean so much of what we've talked about like it just felt like this is totally new to me and I've yeah. and I feel like I've been reading a lot of craft books and watching all these master classes and really studying the craft of storytelling and yet there was still a ton in this book that felt brand new or at least not covered anywhere else <laughs> yeah and maybe even like touching on something that I'd heard before but like going down a level yes um yes. so that you get okay maybe in this situation that isn't the answer yeah. and maybe it is here I loved that very flexible openness and I think sometimes, you know, we've talked about craft books that are kind of like, oh, this is the answer. <laughs> this is the ultimate answer of how to write. And yeah. I, I think it was open in a way that 
allowed you to take what is yours and even yeah. take what is yours for right now, take what is yours yeah. for this story and then come back again and, um, and take yeah. something different. Exactly. Totally. For me, even just having that general way of writing about it, that yes. going down and looking at things from multiple directions, changing off lenses, um, I think helps me even think that way a little more, yeah, a little probably. more nuanced, a little deeper where I'm like, okay, maybe in this situation, that's a little bit too much. Yeah. This, you know, two pages, like <laughs> drawing this out would just, yes. for this type of book. It's not going to work for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But knowing that it's a possible tool, it's out there. It could be something that at some point might be useful. And that's such a good point that he does give lots of examples of like when you might want to do one thing and when you might want to do exactly the opposite and how they might work for different things or cause different feelings in the reader, which is fascinating to me. I, I loved that openness too. I think it was kind of fascinating to me too, though, that his writing style is really direct, yeah. like super direct. And even to the point of being a little bit clippy and a little bit, um, like he, he definitely uses absolutes in his writing style. Yeah. And yet, even as he's using right, absolutes in his writing style and his writing style is so direct, his like overall take was still so open. And I don't know why yes. I just loved that. Like it felt like really easy to read and like really tangible in that writing style, yes. but also like non-prescriptive in the way that he approached the whole thing. Yes. I think it comes back to like clarity, like yes. that clarity was there. That yes. directness was very much, you understood exactly what he was saying at each yes. point. And that is so important, especially when you're yes. talking about things that are abstract, that yeah. are kind of out there where you're Yeah. How you're do you talking, make a reader feel something? Conflict, right. suspense. These are, they're totally abstract concepts. Yeah. Absolutely. But it felt grounded in that yes. place. Very clear, very... I can take this idea and play with it and work to get a similar thing yes. into what I do. Yes, Again. which I think is yeah. rare in, in writing books. Like, Absolutely. I feel like most of the ones that I've read that are really clear tend to be a little prescriptive. And the ones that I've read that aren't very clear tend to, you know, I mean, that are less prescriptive tend to be not very clear or kind of like yeah. theoretical. And I don't know, like, I just feel like it really, for me, it's to shoulders and heads above all the other graphics I've read. Is that the right I'm phrase? Shoulders and heads. I'm sorry. Head and shoulders. Like I think it's head and shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like I think recognizing that different books have different things to offer, but I do think that having something that is very, something that you can take and you can actually work on right away, like yes. that is something that has a great use. And in fact, I want to read... I've actually bought most of his books. I was just going to say, um, I have his yep. dialogue book and a couple others, his plot one, but I haven't read them all yet. Yeah. And I think the other side of this, because it is, it is a James Scott Bell book, but it also is that Writer's Digest, which mm. I do find that Writer's Digest tends to have yes. articles that are very consumable. Um, I also have some of their other yeah. Writer's Digests of this same series, so I'm very intrigued to see what others in the series yeah. do, even if they're written by another author. Yeah, totally. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Yay. Well, <laughs> thank you for talking about this book with me. <laughs> and thank you all for listening. <laughs> it's fun to talk about books and writing. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. We hope that you would leave a review because that 
would be great. We like it. <laughs> and we really hope that you keep reading, keep writing, and keep putting your work out into the world.